The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 36. Janet West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hello and welcome to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies and TV series, including SG-1, Atlantis, Universe, and more. I'm Father Corey Stika, taking over from Jack Barazzini this week. Fortunately, Lisa Jones and Victor Lambs are here. Howdy, Lisa. Hey, Father Corey. Howdy, Victor. Hi, Father Corey. Today we're discussing A Matter of Time, the 16th episode from the second season of Stargate SG-1. Now, normally I would send over to Victor for a summary, but he's got a a guest to help us with the summary. So I'll let you introduce him, Victor. Yeah, this is our son, Ben. He's a a lifelong Stargate fan, I'd say. And uh, he's been helping me on our our Stargate game that we've been working on. And this is one of his favorite episodes. So Ben, why don't you tell us a little bit about the episode? As the episode starts, we see SG-10 running across a desert planet from something. They dialed a gate to the SGC. Now, the SGC, SGC received a strange signal. They try speeding it up a little, then a little more until they find it's SG-10's iris code. They open the iris, then in a little bit, the gate closes. The SGC decides to send a probe. And after that point, SG-10 is... Uh... But then SGC has the bigger problems, though, as the gate, when they dial back, won't disengage. Gravity waves coming through the gate are is keeping the gate open. And even worse, the Stargate itself is acting as a lens, which is spreading intense gravity outwards from the Stargate and slowing down time within the SGC. And then the uh, Pentagon actually uh, sends a commando team into the SGC, don't they? Yes. And uh, the guy there, Colonel Cromwell, he and Jack have a little bit of a history, right? Yeah, not the best history. History. No. Jack, uh, Jack doesn't like him because um, Colonel Cromwell left him behind in Iraq. Yeah. He spent four months in prison. And uh, but along with uh, the commando team that they send in, they also send in a team to retrieve General Hammond and they take General Hammond back to Washington, D.C., where they tell him uh, how they think the Stargate can be shut down. And so the Earth doesn't get sucked into this gravity well. And what is the uh, Pentagon proposed doing? They proposed blowing up the SGC. With the self-destruct. Boom. Which will likely not work. No, the Stargate could stay open because it's the gravity waves that are keeping the Stargate yeah, open. Yeah, basically shield around Stargate. So they leave uh, Jack and Colonel Cromwell behind to uh, blow up the base. Sam and everybody else evacuates. And when they're on the surface, Sam uh, discovers that everything she knew about relativity is wrong and decides that... Uh, Maybe they can get the gate to the, the connection to jump to another Stargate like the uh, like they did when they were trying to dial Earth at one time and wound up in Antarctica. Yep. And what do they need to do that? They'll need a, a giant energy surge. 
what do they propose using for that? They try. They use a bomb and focus the energy at the gate. So they uh, they all go down and they set up the bomb. And who do they leave behind to to activate the bomb? Jack and his and his uh his friend uh, Colonel Cromwell. His friend of me there. So uh, eventually they 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 get in place. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a shard of broken glass uh, breaks Cromwell's line, and he sacrifices himself to save Jack, to save yep. the mission, thus redeeming him eyes and uh, himself and Jack's eyes. And uh, Jack w- wakes up in sick bay and finds that two weeks have passed. Yep. Did you you like this episode, huh? Yes. Yeah, it's a good good story. I like space. You like space. I like space too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we do too. That's why we talk about it. Yeah. Do do they dial the Abydos address at all in this one? I don't think they do. No. No. <laughs> so you're our, you're our expert on the Abydos address, huh? That recognize when it shows up. Yes. Yeah. Good. And you've been playing good, lots good. of Stargate Minecraft and, and stuff, so you recognize all those different uh, addresses. Yeah. So if I cool. can't play Stargate now or. Oh, Stargate Network, they've they've creaked down their servers, haven't they? Yes. Oh, well. Uh-oh. All right. Well, thank you, Ben. Thank you for that you. Uh, that summary. You did a great job. Thanks. We'll let you uh, run along to, to bed now as it's getting kind of late. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Bye, Ben. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to make sure to have him on more often. Yeah, definitely. He's a little starstruck, I think. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. He did a good job. He did yeah. a good job. So that was attention. so. Yeah. So not just we get his his help on the summary, but we also got what he thought of the episode. What do, What do you think, there, Victor? It's one of my favorites, and I don't know. I haven't checked where it ranks in terms of everybody else's. You know how it's ranked by the, the viewers, but I really like this one. I think when I was watching the show initially, this is one that kind of grabbed my attention. It's you know at the time I would have thought it was like you know hard science fiction but also has a really good story there's you know good uh, interpersonal dynamics and some some fun things they do with the uh you know the the time dilation elements and how about you lisa it it's also a really good one for me you got techno babble you've got ticking time bomb scenario you've got uh teamwork and you get backstory so what's not to like exactly <laughs> No, I, I agree with you both. I mean, this is this is kind of one of the fun ones, and you know, we, we'll talk a little bit about the science or lack thereof. But you know, some of the science is pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just it's an enjoyable episode. Of course, you do have the the ticking clock. You've got uh, you know the concerns about relativity, where you know five minutes pass down in SGC, and you've got you know hours up top and things like that. So it's 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 it's, it's a good one. It's and it's and it's a it's a well-paced episode too. I think that's a big part of it. You know, that's it's not one of those episodes that it either you know drags, <laughs> pun intended, yeah. or not. You know, <laughs> but it's, it's it's a good one. So I, I one. the one thing. Oh, sorry. I was, I was saying, and, it, and they it, again, they it's one that they kind of refer back to for several more times in other years, which is yep. I, I love to see that happen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I hadn't looked either to see where it ranks, but I get a feeling it's it's pretty high up on most fan fan lists. So, yeah, now I get a kick out of like right off the bat, they ha- they do a refresher on what a wormhole is, yeah. and they use Jack as kind of the uh, the dunce in this. Now, remind me again, these wormholes we go through, 
They're not always there, right? <laughs> and are there worms in them? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What's this worm thing? <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know if this was they intended this to be kind of a standalone episode uh, for any reason. They needed to, to establish that for people who may have been new to the show. But, you know, I think that was kind of a little forced, but I, I think it, you know, it's overlookable. It was, mm-hmm. it was kind of nice as like, like an intro to the episode because you get Jack, you know, be like, I, I don't really understand all this stuff. And you get Carter launching into her, you know, very detailed over the top and he just glazes. Yeah. And I think that's kind of how the entire episode goes. Because every time she gets all excited and, you know, like towards the end when she's asking Teal, what do you know about? And he's like, nothing, you know, and then she yeah. la- again launches into her techno babble and his eyes glaze over. And so I just I love that aspect of the show. Yeah, and I didn't realize this until I watched uh, Dr. Be- Becky Smethurst's or uh, Smethurst's uh, video, an astrophysicist reviews mm-hmm. Stargate, which um, is a really good video, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But they do a lot of like "shut up, Wesley" to Sam in this episode, like, and I didn't realize that until I watched like <laughs> her analysis of it on YouTube. But I guess it happens a lot, like in Stargate in general, where she starts to go into the science of something, and mm-hmm. and clearly the writers have like kind of run out of science you know, in, in terms of what they're writing. And, and so one of the other characters has to cut her off. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I actually just watched that episode uh, before this and she she got a little, he was like, he, she just to answer your question. If you don't want to hear the answer, don't ask the question. <laughs> yeah. And there's a couple of times where, to, to be fair, and this is one of the, the maybe minor complaints I have with how Jack is played in a lot of these these type of episodes. He's scientifically savvy. He does astronomy. I mean, he knows what a black hole is and what a black hole does. So it's not like he should be completely a dunce with a lot of these things, you know, but, but then they play him like that because he's got to be the comic relief. He's got to be the, the character who, who speaks for those of us who aren't quite as scientifically savvy, you know? And I just, I I wish they wouldn't do that because there are times in the same episode where he's like, well, I don't get this, but oh yeah, it's a black hole and it does this, 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 and this. And it's a very Midwestern trait too to like appear like more stupid than you really are just to, you know, either have people underestimate you or, or learn more about them. And so that's being from Chicago and with that affinity for Minnesota that he has, you know, it's, I can, I can see that being part of his character as well. Yeah. Well, it's not just a Midwestern trait. I think, I think people can use that too, to for, for good or ill, let's just put it that way. Um, but yeah, so they, they get this, the signal, and one thing I liked that they did was they slowed down the modem tone, you know, when they received the signal, you know, you heard it was just those pulses, but then and they speed it up. And, and of course, it's a modem tone. I mean, anybody who was a child yeah. in the 80s and 90s that had to dial into the Internet knows that sound. Exactly We've that heard is. that sound. You know? And you also know the sound of your parents picking up the phone at 2 a.m. And so- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you on, are you on the computer? Out of bed. Yeah. yeah. You don't get that anymore with Wi-Fi, but. Uh, no. That's not true. You not, get not devices e- that shut off your Wi-Fi. At a certain oh, time that's right. Yeah. In your house. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of your, your routers now, your Wi-Fi routers okay. have where you can set limits and things like that. You can ask not just the limits. It. It's just not the same as hearing yeah. your parents like pick up the phone no. handset like in the other room and you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. I have to reconnect. Oh, yeah. crud. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's just, there's, there's certain things like that they did well, 
you know, as far as, you know, that from the outside looking in, you know, they would be slower. The audio would be slower. Uh, although one thing um, Dr. Becky mentions is, you know, when you're talking about red shifting, it doesn't mean that the signal yeah. from the camera is going to turn red. It just means you're going to receive it at, let's say, one baud instead of 1,200 baud. Yeah. You know, it's going to slow down the bits coming in, but it's still going to be. And they, they fix that very quickly. Yeah. By doing the computer, you know, auto photoshopping or whatever. Yeah. And I think it's a testament to how good like this episode is that like my nitpicks were, were like getting very like. Very nitpicky, I would say, like when they pan up the camera, I was like, wouldn't it take a lot longer for them to send the signal to the camera yeah. and the camera to start to pan yeah. up? And and then later on, when they have a timer attached to the bomb device and I was like, wait a minute, part of that part of that timer is further away from the, you know, the wormhole than the rest of it. And that would affect the timing yeah. of the integrated circuits within there and the whole timer would, you know, but literally, <laughs> well, literally, that's like how nitpicky is, I had to get. This is my yeah. nitpick. Yeah. This is see this this touches on my nitpick of this episode is they switch over at one point from external power to sh try to shut down the stargate. How is that external power getting down there? Because the electrons traveling through the wire are going to be slowing down, and if it's already affecting the signal, you know, it's just like there's thing. And then their computers they've got up in the tent above the uh, Cheyenne Mountain are connected to the computers oh, down right. in SGC that are being affected by time dilation. So I agree with you that, that by and large, this is a great episode, mm -hmm. but there's just these stupid little nitpicks of, okay, at best that computer is getting one bit a second at best. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you run into like the Zeno's paradox thing where if general Hammond's going down the elevator, does he ever arrive type type thing? But you know, it's, Time isn't moving that slowly, but no, <laughs> no. They, 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 that's pretty good though for an episode to be this this technically detailed, and that's all you mm -hmm. can come up with. That's yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and they they definitely and this again, this is going back to that video from Doctor Becky. She makes a lot of amazing points on this, and she points out when yeah, the these this this science is solid. This science is good. This is I might not agree with exactly how they put that, but yeah, this is good. You know, she she does a lot of that. But, you know, she points out it also the time dilation allows for a great plot device of they just spent 18 hours up here and it was like five minutes down here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they can, he can fly to D.C. and back and he, they thought he was on the phone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It kind of feels like working from home. You go into your home office and you come out <laughs> and like the house has been completely rearranged or, you know, all the Christmas <laughs> decorations are up. <laughs> but... <laughs> But what I wait a minute, another family moved in. <laughs> yeah, wait, what? Exactly. <laughs> um, but no, it, it, I did like on that video, uh, at least a couple times, Dr. Becky says, like, that's not how things work. And then Sam, like a few minutes later or a minute later, will say, that's not how things work. Like, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I think 21 years in, which is, I think, the difference between the, when this episode was made and, and when that video was made, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. pretty good, like to get the physics you know, right enough that they stand, you know, as fast as, I don't know how fast physics theory is, is moving. But yeah. In 21 years. I mean, I hope that our understanding 20, of physics is, yeah. 20 years is, is, you know, 23 years. Yeah. I mean, almost exactly uh, from when we're recording it. I mean, it's you know, 23 years ago yeah. that it, it aired. So, I mean, it's, it's, mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty impressive when, yeah, there has been a lot of advancements even in, in 
the, that 20, almost you know half a half a cent or quarter of a century in our understanding of astrophysics and stuff just from experiments and so on. Yeah, and if anyone t- is listening to this, like you know, twenty years in the future, we're sorry we don't know about the Musk differential yet. You know, he hasn't discovered that and and launched his spaceships yeah, to Mars yeah, using yeah, that and, and, <laughs> or anything yet. And, and you know, the, the Bill Gates time travel paradox. Yeah. You know that that one was the worst. Yeah, that really I guess. was. Or will be the worst. <laughs> and the Bezos rules of acquisition just ruined everything. Oh well, we we know about those oh, yeah, already. We do. <laughs> uh, well, one thing that was kind of fun is Dan Shea got to be a stunt man for himself. <laughs> yes, he did. Big old wrench. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna attack the power supply with a big steel wrench. Yeah, yeah. That's really smart. Good on you. Yeah. He, he was he was fairly prominent in this episode. It was it was kind of impressive, but it it's was, just as yeah. soon as I see him go flying across the room, it's like, well, at least he's not doing for Richard Dean Anderson this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a, basically an inside joke? Yeah, he gets injured in every episode that he's in. Yeah. Oh yeah, one way or the other, he gets yeah. injured, and they give him well, lots then, of lines or lots of words that start with S because of his, you know, he pronounces it like this and stuff. So they would intentionally <laughs> give him S words in his script, you know. Well, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, they even made his name and Sergeant Shiler. Sergeant Shiler. And we were missing Walter again. This was another Graham episode. Yeah, yeah. Graham called Sam like, uh, like Captain or something, right? Or Sir, right? He did, mm-hmm. She didn't call her like Sam or Sammykins or anything, so. <laughs> yeah, apparently no relationship there. Yeah. Contrary to his yeah. desire. Yeah. <laughs> he took off the rose-colored glasses. The whole, yeah. <laughs> having a 106 degree fever like changes a person like you see things with more clarity than you did i finally realized why he looks familiar the actor who plays graham he was mm-hmm. uh zach adama on battlestar galactica oh okay was he really like, mm, yeah oh he flashbacks right because he yeah he yeah he was dead before the series yeah. started yeah, yeah. I didn't realize. I didn't recognize that. That's funny. I neither. I was. I was thinking, man. I so I looked him up, and I was. Yep. Sure enough, that's why he looks familiar. But no, I I miss Walter. Yeah. Uh, we do. We do get to see uh, Major Davis for the first time in this episode too. Uh, He's a very recur- yep. recurring character. One of the like non like skeevy colonels in the <laughs> Air Force, apparently, or majors, I guess. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's yeah. He's he's actually yeah. a good character. Yeah. We we actually like him. Yeah. And he, he so. I don't know how many episodes he's in, but he—I feel like we see a lot of him over the years. I think eventually we see a lot more of him. Of course, like like you said, this is you know first introduction, but we definitely do see a lot more of him. Um, and, and another char- character we get introduced to and get to see his first and only journey through the uh, the <laughs> Stargate is is Cromwell, Colonel Cromwell, That's right? And he was played by Marshall Teague, who interestingly. Uh, we just recently on Secrets of Star Trek talked about the Deep Space Nine episode, Hippocratic Oath, and he played one of the oh. Jemadar on that. Yeah. So, of course, he was under all full makeup yeah. on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was just, I, I saw his name, Marshall Teague is the name of the actor, and it's just like, wait, where did I just see that name? Yeah. <laughs> I just saw that not that long ago. <laughs> Actually, yeah, by the time this come out, that episode will have come out as well. So, um yeah, it's just kind of funny to see those connections uh, where you see actors in different places and yeah, things like and that. On Voyager as well, it's 
yeah, watching a lot of like Star Trek and and um, Stargate at the same time, you do see the same names popping up. Apparently, he was on A Team Sliders, Knight Rider, so he he's made the rounds. Made oh, his wow. news, yeah. yeah he's he, he kind of looks like your your typical. He, he, let's put it way they cast him well for this episode. You know, kind of a grunt. He was a big tough guy, an iron soldier on Babylon Five. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Cool. Got the, like the whole whole house there of uh, Star Trek appearances. Yeah. Well, now, of course, as you know, we mentioned there's sci-fi is usually a pretty small world when it comes to casting. And then especially sci-fi based in Vancouver, British Columbia is an even smaller world. Right. <laughs> a lot of these guys show up in different places. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And he was in Roadhouse. There you go. Oh, nice. Yeah. Didn't we he was in Roadhouse? <laughs> yeah. Well, and a so, big missing in this episode was Michael Shanks. Yes. Michael Jackson. He was only in the very last scene. Yeah. I, I couldn't find where he was doing something or he was maybe because the next episode he's so heavy. I don't know. Yeah. I, now, wasn't this about the time when they would have recorded this when he was having a kid? His, his then wife was having a kid? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was... Because wasn't there another yeah, episode yeah. where we talked about that she recently? She had the baby recently. That's right. Yeah, that's okay. So, uh, yeah, Michael Shanks and Viar Shore's daughter, Tatiana Shanks, was born during the filming of the episode um, Touchstone, which yeah. was just two episodes ago in broadcast order. So um, this was probably he was on parental leave yeah, and just came in for the end so he could get credit for being in the episode. Right. I think I read season two is the only season where the five major, four major characters are in every single episode. Oh. Hmm. Make an appearance in every episode, which I hadn't, now I'm hmm. going to pay more attention to that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's not that uncommon, actually. It, it's, it's pretty common that, you know, in a series like this, that there will be episodes that are one or two characters light, you know, and mm-hmm. we talk about in, you know, Doctor Who, where there are doctorless episodes. Well, those are episodes where the, the main character isn't in because he's on, you know, that's his time off or whatever, mm-hmm. his or her time off. So that's not that uncommon to, to see. Right. And that was totally the Star Trek way of getting everybody in again is like the character wakes up in sick bay and like all the other like characters from the cast are around him when they've been out the entire episode. <laughs> You know, it's like, yeah. oh, Captain Picard, you're back from the flute planet or whatever. You know, we're all here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, he did. He wouldn't have had much to do in this episode yeah. anyway. So it's kind of like he, he wasn't really missed, in my opinion, in this particular context. I was going to say that sometimes we talk about how certain characters have nothing to do. They're just. And so if he had been here, I don't. I mean, I mean much to Tilk there. really I mean, didn't Tilk have a lot to do. Either. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, he kind of. He carried the bomb down and he was there to say, you know, say that he didn't understand, you know, some quantum physics, yeah, you know, beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, he really didn't have a lot, lot to do this one. This was definitely a, a Jack and Sam episode. Mm-hmm. And I felt like we got a little more Hammond too. Yeah. Yep. And that was nice. Hammond had a, had an important role. And uh, mm-hmm. Colonel Cromwell and the uh, funky Air Force guard or the guard who said that the transmission sounded funky. Yeah, <laughs> like ra- ra- random Air Force, you know, yeah. airman, or I, I think it was an air- yeah, I think it was an airman, a senior airman, random senior airman, just kind of standing there, you know, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like how that the t- the air shaft or whatever, you just open it up, and then yep, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. That was. It's like okay, this is top secret, highly. <laughs> highly secured environment that you can just rappel down an air shaft to get into. And they like, it's like at the top of a grain silo. They just put like, you know, in a field for that. (laughs) I mean, obviously they had, they had the bottom of it locked so you couldn't just get in, but that didn't take much to fix either with a cutting, simple cutting torch. So. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. But, um, let's see or what other we got a little little more jack being in the what is it iraqi prison yeah oh yeah yeah we we heard more about that the reason reason why cromwell he has an issue with cromwell is because cromwell left him when he got wounded yeah and And he ended up in the the prison for four months we heard about it i don't remember what episode it was we heard about it but we didn't get the details right now we got a little more details that you know that he was he was he was injured and Mm -hmm. he just cromwell just left him instead of Taking him with, but he was. I mean, I wouldn't don't want to say only in prison for four months, but I don't know if that's like a typical. Like, so somebody did come back from eventually, or or he was traded or something. I don't know. Yeah, see, I I don't remember. Do they ever explain how he ended up getting out of it? I I want to say yes, but not. I don't remember. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember if they've ever said that he, you know, eventually, you know, eventually how he got out of it. You know, because, yeah, most of the time when you hear of a POW uh, type situation, it's for years, not. Yeah. Um, Four months. Not months. Yeah. Well, if he mm-hmm. if he had a dental mirror, a stick of chewing gum, a propane <laughs> tank and a bungee cord, it would have been easy. Yeah. 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 Huh? <laughs> yeah. Just just look at, you know, look at uh, Antarctica, the, the, the outtake. Uh, yeah. With uh, <laughs> Sam Carter. I'm trapped with with MacGyver for crying out loud. <laughs> if you haven't seen that video, it's it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, I, supposedly, Amanda Tapping thought she was going to get fired after that because, of course, Richard Dean Anderson was basically the showrunner mm-hmm. in all but name. I mean, he he was the big man on campus, and she's basically making fun of him right there on set. Yeah, early, early on too. You know, early on, working together yes. that long. First season, very, barely, a, you know, one of the first few episodes. <laughs> you have to wonder if, like, the producers were, like, when you're going around to, like, all the cast members, like, before the show aired and be like, like, I know he was big on MacGyver, but he really does not like anyone to bring it up. So, like, don't bring <laughs> yeah. up MacGyver. Like, talk about anything else, just not MacGyver. But. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. And he's a, he's a very uh, private individual. I mean, you know, you see online that even today that he doesn't, I mean, he'll go to conventions or whatever, but not to the level of, of some other people, but like he, there's, you know, the Richard Dean Anderson official fan site and he has nothing to do with it. He, he, he like texts the person who actually runs the website basically, mm-hmm. you know, so very, very private individual. And I'm, I'm sure he probably wasn't too happy about stuff like that happening that often but you, you never know i mean i know that they they also get to be friends sometimes in these shows so right they see they always seem to have good uh chemistry and camaraderie so yeah exactly <laughs> let's see general hammond oh, hey. makes a uh, hobbit reference when he goes to washington he comes back and they're like you you were in washington he's like there and back again so yep. <laughs> i was like yeah <laughs> i was like i'll take it I, again, I love the the stock footage of you know the the, the United <laughs> yeah. States uh, aircraft you know taken off, you know clearly stock footage and 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 
because it's different, different quality and everything, you know, how that goes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Oh, we didn't see anyone go through the gate in this episode. Oh, you're right. Well, we did, but he kind of fell through. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, so I have a question. Yeah. Okay. So with the time dilation stuff, are they still there? Have they been sucked mm-hmm. into the black hole? Like, how long would it take? So could he- there be a... Because I know there's been two, I think, books written about SG-1 mm-hmm. going and rescuing SG-10. So, hmm. well, that's that's one thing. Um, again, Doctor Becky mentions is that it takes a long time to fall into a black hole. But she also mentions, and she gets such a kick out of this word, spaghettification. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that when you, as you approach a black hole, you get stretched out like spaghetti. Yeah, I noticed that in her video too. It's it's always fun till it happens to you, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Like, out of respect for SG-10, so, that was Henry Boyd's team. Jack put him up for yeah. that mission. Exactly. It was, and I did notice it's like one of the few that we see anyways, like co-ed SG teams. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. and then, it, and then he's like, keeps referring to like, those men, those men. And I was like, um, clearly, like one of them was not. <laughs> but, you know. Now, Victor, yeah. it's the 21st I know, century. But it wasn't when this was made. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know, I, I I would I would think depending, I mean, how long a long time is the planet and everything is still there, just very stretched out. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, um, yeah, because and to them, you know, it'd be just a matter of seconds. Mm-hmm. You know that that is that is kind of interesting. That and you can almost you can tell that the way they they kind of got around some of the science issues of from the from the this side of the opposite stargate. Mm-hmm. So from the actual wormhole side of the other opposite stargate inward is all one time from the stargate. The other direction is another time, mm-hmm. but eventually that starts creeping in and that's how a stargate could get established that way and then drop, you know, cause it dropped quickly. And they, Sam said that it was like, it would have been the stargate was only open for about a second for them. Right. That's how they weren't able to get out. Mm. So they kind of answered some of those questions of, how could, you know, the gate be established and be able to connect and they could send the MELP through, but it didn't work the other way. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is the first time I, I like put this together, but maybe it's it's more clear in the dialogue than I remember it being. But, you know, we start with a really good CGI scene, which is kind of like the next generation yeah. intro going horribly wrong, where like we pan over planets yeah. and then all of a sudden like this black hole appears and starts like sucking in everything. And I had always, like, in my mind, I had always been like, they'd gated to a planet that was, like, near a black hole and it was already happening. But it's more clear that it's, like, they gated to this planet where we're like, and all of a sudden, like, and this black hole appears and and everything's getting sucked in, which is, like, rotten timing. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I Thinking back, I always thought that they'd gated to a planet that had a black hole. I'd for, I'd, right. I guess I didn't realize or remember that the first scene showing the black hole forming mm-hmm. right so that was well, it was different well and it makes you wonder you know with, with the fact that it was a binary star system you know that there you know they, they went there and they said well that all you know all life on that planet had been relatively recently wiped out 
Well, maybe the fact that you've got a planet <laughs> that's coming that close to a second star, even before it's a black hole, yeah. might be the cause of this. Maybe. Um, I, I did laugh, though. I wrote, I wrote down, they blew their entire CGI budget on that opening, though. They did. That was it, yeah. <laughs> well, then the, No more CGI money left. Then the, at the end, where they're hanging and the bomb and everything and the... Um, Event Horizon below them. That was that was oh, the yeah. best. Uh, yeah, there there was some good practical effects there. Like when they first like leave the the control room, you can tell that mm-hmm. they're like on lines that are you know horizontal, uh, you know parallel to the to the floor, and they're they're being supported right. from the top. And then after that, they switch to you know lines that are vertically supported, and everything is is turned ninety right. degrees, like Batman and Robin climbing up the side of the building and getting the cameos yeah, with the famous exactly. people, but. But yeah, so I thought that was yep. that was kind of cool that they they made that transition. Um, yeah, well, you, you could tell that the gate and everything was was uh, green screen yeah. below them as they were going down. But you know the the, the, the that the, that effect of the the, the swirl yeah in the, in the wormhole was pretty sweet. I mean that that looked really cool where it was you know it was it was sitting there swirling like you know water that you had just stirred you know yeah going, going like yeah from the from the back of the gate and stuff and then of course they lose the iris in this one and then this is where they get the the yep. cool trinium uh, reinforced iris so apparently they got enough yep. out of the creeks or whatever uh, on the spirit planet that um they're able to make one or, or they they made an agreement with them eventually yeah. anyways but yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I, I so we mentioned Siler in this one. I just wanted to note that, like, you know, he is back to work. Like, granted, time is passing more slowly on this, or you know, quickly or whatever on the surface. So he's healing faster, but like, he is back in that control room, like, like lowering that bomb into place, like after being electrocuted and like blood force across the yeah, room, <laughs> trauma to the head and stuff. He's just like, and another day's work for Sergeant Siler. So, yep, he's tough. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we should and mention too that we find out at the end that from from the the day before when Jack showed up for for work was two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. This all had taken. You know, now we don't know how long Jack himself was unconscious, although we can assume that was you know relatively quick. You know, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. But of course, you know, we have the the bomb doing the the gate shifting again. You know, causing the gate to jump somewhere else. You know, and okay, and then so. The gate shifts somewhere else. So does that mean they just doomed another planet? No, because no, it was it was the opposite opposite end jumped. Okay, it was an outgoing wormhole. Yeah. So they they gate it goes to another planet, and they're like, yeah, we don't care about that planet. Turn off, yeah. But yeah, no, that yep. did occur to me I was too. Like, oh, <laughs> I was like, I was like maybe yeah, that's where the went. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Tuplo, Tuplo's waiting on the planet alight, and it's like, oh, more, more visitors to my wonderful planet, and it's like this, oh no, slurp. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> poor Tuplo. No, no, other way. Yeah. You, you okay, jump the other okay, way. Okay. I thought. Because like, when they. About the of this yeah, it's like, who do we really not like? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yay, start the di- start the dialing <laughs> yeah. for for uh, Apotha's ship. Yeah. <laughs> Those people with the touchstone, they were kind of annoying. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Let's see how they like this Markley weather. Needs a, right. Markley needs a visitor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <No>. My flowers. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. So on that note, any, anything else? You oh my gosh! Talk about you want to mention. <laughs> they they don't get much time together, but Jack and Cromwell, I really liked their scenes 
you know, and, and it, maybe it's a cliche, maybe it's not, but like the guy who can't forgive, you know, the guy who left him behind and then the guy who left him behind pointing out, it's like, what about those people? You can't save them. You know, <laughs> I thought that was particularly poignant. And then, yeah. and then ultimately Jack is forced to leave Cromwell behind because there's nothing he can do for him, you yeah. know, at that point. And so I thought it was really, it was a really nice, um, and I don't know how much that was in the original story by the by the story author or how much that was added by Brad Wright when when he uh, wrote the teleplay. Mm-hmm. But but I thought that gives a lot of really good context. We haven't seen that much depth in Jack's character since maybe the first episode where he's, you know, or where he's coming to terms and maybe the cold Lazarus with Charlie's death and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, so I thought that part was was really nice. And considering it takes up just like the smallest fraction of the episode. It's played really effectively for the amount of screen time that it takes up. Mm-hmm. Good point. How about you, Lisa? Anything more? Mm, no. <laughs> 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 I mean, okay, I have to say, I was really kind of nervous going into this with y'all because, it, you know, y'all are way more science geeky than I am. And I, I was I was a little nervous because, you know. It was all good to me. <laughs> no, I yeah. like. No, it was wrong and this and that. And I'm like, eh. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I enjoy the science, and but I'm not, you know, I'm not a science expert by any stretch. That's where I enjoy like that that Doctor Becky episode. We'll make sure that it gets uh, put in the show notes where you can go or you can look for her. Uh, just you know, search for Doctor Becky Stargate, and you'll you'll find it yeah. pretty quick. Uh, and she's she's not a Stargate fan at all. I mean, yeah. she said that that's like the first episode she'd ever seen, and she really enjoyed it. So I think that's um, the first few minutes of her her uh, video on YouTube because it kept coming up on. Uh, Twitter for me, so mm-hmm. but I didn't get a chance to finish it, so I'll have to go back and watch it's, it. Now. Yeah, it's it's a good series. She's she's kind of fun to watch, and her reactions are pretty interesting. And she she calls a few things out that yeah they they need to be called out. <laughs> Something about you know like all the the all the United States Army people, which by the way they were Air Force, they were Air Force Special Forces. <laughs> she what, let's be honest, Australian? there was yeah. no no Army was involved in the filming of this episode. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Yeah. <laughs> We get a lot more hut, 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 hut as they go down the, uh, the yeah, lines exactly. and stuff. But no, I mean, I don't know if the science in this episode holds up. I I, I mean, I, it was cool to see Sam doing her sciencey thing, which she does a lot more of later in the in the show. But this is really her first when she's like standing in front of like the blackboard for large chunks of the episode. But as long as the science is consistent with the rules of the show as they've been set up, and this one was, it's like. Why is the gate still open? Doesn't it shut off after 38 minutes? Well, you know, the, the gravity, yep. time dilation, blah, blah, blah. You know, they have they have explanations that work in universe for everything. So I mm-hmm. I don't know or care about the science as, as long as it's, you know, plausible within the world and the rules that they've set up. Oh, yeah. By, by the way, speaking of the, the, the time window, this is the first time that's mentioned in, you could call it the prime universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, first, because the first time we hear it is in the the mirror universe where uh, Daniel goes. Oh, that's right. In the season one, yeah, yeah. And that's that's the first time that we hear that there's a time limit, the 38 minute time limit. And this is the first time in Prime Universe that we hear that. So that's that's a, and it's just kind of thrown out there. It's like, oh yeah, we know this. Yeah, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's old old hat. We're we're aware of this. I'm sure Daniel told. Yeah. Oh, by the way, no. <laughs> like like they wouldn't have tried to keep the gate open for as long as they possibly could. It's like first the yeah, first exactly. thing you do is like, well, how long does it stay open? Okay, thirty eight minutes. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. How long do we have before we better make sure we're in there? Yeah, you know, instead <laughs> of the quick one. So, well, 
Well, very good. Um, at this time, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who made it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including SB Writing Services, Barbara G., Kimberly W., Frank R., and Michelle D. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting, visiting sqpn.com slash give. Be sure, to, be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or the StarQuest YouTube channel at sqpn.com slash StarQuestMedia. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash Stargate. You can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash StarQuestMedia or on Twitter at SQPN. You can also join the StarQuest fan club mailing list by texting StarQuest to 66866. Send StarQuest to 66866. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1 Holiday. Until then, Lisa Jones, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thanks, Father Corey. And Victor Lambs, thank you as well. Thanks, Father Corey. And what exactly does funky mean, Sergeant? <laughs> and once again, I'm Father Corey Stika. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Stargate at StarQuest. And remember, relativity gives me a headache. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? <laughs>